Hi, I'm Ian Pringle, and this is the Loyalty Podcast from New World Loyalty. We help you make the most of your loyalty strategies by listening to us talk about what we like to talk about most, which is loyalty and loyalty programs. In this Express episode, we'll explore a project that some of the team have been working on and ask if status matching can help airlines win back high-value customers. To help me with this, I'm joined by two New World Loyalty teammates who have lived and breathed status match the last couple of years. So please could I welcome Phil Gunter. Hi, Phil. Hello, Ian. And Mark Ross-Smith. Hi, Mark. G'day, Ian. Great to be back. Fantastic. Good to have you back, Mark. Um, so to start us off on this, what are the challenges airlines are facing at the moment and what's really happening in kind of airline land? Phil, do you want to fill us in with that one? Sure, because... Well, I do. I do really think right now there's a perfect storm for not just airlines but all travel programs. Uh, as we know, uh, in the in the in COVID times, um, most programs extended put massive extensions of status. Now that was necessary, but what it's meant is that a lot of people now they don't have to fly with their their uh, primary airline to maintain status. So it, so it opens up the door at a time when they st- when if I don't, anyone's booking at the moment in most parts of the world, the, the, the networks are still fragile and the pricing is still erratic. So a lot of people that are no longer wedded to their um, or, or anchored by the status points are, are looking at trying to book and finding that, that other airlines are significantly cheaper or their, their preferred airlines simply more. And again, it's pushing them, it's, make, it's forcing them to, to really challenge their loyalty or make them open to ch- switching. Um, and on top of that, when, because the networks are so um, under pressure, when a lot of people are flying, nothing makes someone change or open to change more than a really bad experience. And unfortunately, there's an awful lot of bad experiences going on at the moment. Yeah. So there's a lot of people saying, Am I, am I really, should I really be loyal to this airline? And they don't have the same anchors as they've, as they've had for years. So, so this gives an opportunity to test, this gives you opportunity to test another airline and actually test the, the cabin that you aspire to be in or probably have the status ultimately to get into. No, it, exactly. So on one hand, it's a problem for the airlines trying to maintain their customers or retain their customers. But on the other, it's an absolute opportunity for everyone else to try and att- attract uh, the high, high yielding, high credit card spending customers that everybody wants is it's a, a really unique opportunity to go on the acquisition channel. Uh, and to be honest, I think people have to because pe- there will be some losses going on anyway. So you have to acquire just to stand still. And when you say this, you, it sounds like you're t- you're advocating it as a tactical activity that you switch on and switch off. You're not saying you keep this on all the time. Uh, what I'm saying is right now is a one-off opportunity to go after customers that are open to switching. It's 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 a unique, it's it's enormous, and and it's and it's right now. What happens afterwards? Uh, I don't think I don't necessarily think that people should have these programs running openly all the time. But that's a, that's a, that's uh, something that diff- airlines can can uh, work through individually. But right now. If I was running a program still, I would be looking at how can I leverage this unique opportunity to go out and acquire as many high-value, high high-spending customers as I can. And Mark, are you seeing similar things in Asia with, with the airlines? It's a, this is a global problem. Opportunity, I will say, more accurately. We, we monitor at statusmatch.com, we monitor a lot of this activity, right? And we see in the last couple of years, there's also more people changing jobs, moving cities more than ever before. And what that means is when people change cities, they, they uplift their life, they get a new bank, they get a new credit card, and that represents an opportunity for airlines especially to sort of re-lock people into a new program. And so this is kind of organic demand that has always been there that has really, really been highlighted in the last you know, two, two and a half years or so uh, to the point where, you know, every day we see, this is people contacting us, every day is about 
40, 50 people help, asking us, like, can, can you help us get a status match with a new airline or a new hotel? And, you know, a, a lot of these people come to us because they're frustrated. Again, to Phil's point on customer experience, you know, airlines are pretty under-resourced these days in some departments and they don't have the manpower they used to have, which means they're not responding to some of these customer inquiries to you know, quickly as they would like to in normal times. And so people come to us and say, you know, can you help us? You know, I've just moved to, to London. I, you know, I'm spending this much a year on air travel. I have this job. Can you help me do it? Because I'm not getting a response from, from the airline. Uh, and this is like probably 40, 50 people every day that sort of come to us and express interest in, in a status match with a new brand. And, you know, if we just do some rough calculations, you know, these are, these are like top tier people in an airline, right? They're spending 10, 20K, 30K a year with an airline minimum, right? That's basic math. That's probably 200 million years worth in travel a year, right? That's just sort of floating around there out for, up for grabs. And, you know, if, if, if you email me and say, how I want to do business, I want to spend $50 with you, I'm going to reply within 20 minutes. So you'd think an airline, you know, if you contact them and say, how I want to spend 20 grand with you and move my business, you'd think they reply a bit faster than some of the, you know, customer support is replying to emails currently because how does it how does it currently work so in the in in my in the old school loyalty airline days to do a status match was quite was quite resource intensive because you'd have to get someone in the call center to deal with it they'd have to send in examples of their of their status that that probably could be quite quite frankly easily frauded and um and then they would then then change the status for a while in there how how does it work i guess you found a much more digital way of doing this because i i ran ran one of the one, I think one of the most successful status match programs when I was running Virgin's program, uh, and it nearly killed us. The, really? Everyone knows about the success, but my God, it absolutely nearly killed us because the volume came in so fast that literally the whole team had to be distracted. The whole the, the whole lounge is had to be re, re, realigned. Um, the the whole business was just about trying trying to process them quick enough, and even then, it the the, the time blew out to over a month. Wow. And this is people trying to to do business with us, um, and the other thing we we noticed at the time, well, not just at the time, it's it's brutally obvious was that that the the level of or the proportion of fraud was just unbelievable. That, that some of it was obvious, uh, but that, but <laughs> some of it was really obvious. This is... uh, but it was no. At the end of the day, the campaign was successful. But boy, if I could have done it faster and easier, um, without almost killing the team, I would have done. And it would have probably been even more successful as well because we found the ones that did join early and, and got processed quickly were massively more likely to fly than the ones that took a while to process. So just, just, to, just to cover that off then, now your, your process is a digital process where you effectively check a, you, you do a lookup into a database to find out whether they're actually telling the truth. Is that how it works? Oh, so well, I'll, I'll, I'll let Mark take you through the, um, the detail uh, or, or as, as much detail as we can share. But, but essentially, we have digitized the whole thing so that we can set a campaign up in, in days um, so, because that it took a while to set them up before, so you can set up a campaign for days. All we need is a few brand guidelines and some sign-offs. Uh, the whole thing's live, um, and then w- the, when um, when someone applies, we we manage the whole thing and process. But there's a well, we manage the whole thing, process the whole thing in. in it can be minutes, but sometimes it can be up, up to a couple of days maximum. Um, but then, in addition to that, there's a number. 
And it's not just one or two, there's like a whole series of different checks that goes on to make sure that it is a ver verified person and a verified tier member. And so it's, it's better quality, quicker, cheaper, and, and, um, and, and much better for the customer too. Yeah. And, and unless uh, you're, you're a fraudster. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm out. <laughs> is this just airlines that could benefit, or do you see this status match being something that other loyalty programs could do to attract high-value customers? Do you think this is something that, that could, could extend beyond the, the, the typical frequent flyer programs? Take a step back here. Status matching is not a new concept. It's been around for at least 40 years, not almost 40 years. In fact, the first status match that I know about was a gentleman in the USA uh, he sent a fax to American Airlines showing his United Airlines flights. And he's like, uh, can you give me the miles? You know, I want to I move my business to you. Uh, and they gave him some kind of coupon as part of that. Uh, so that's, that's the earliest example we have of that. And since then, airlines, hotels as well, uh, car rental, loyalty programs in the travel industry generally have jumped on this uh, pretty hot. And in that time, no one's really put a process around it. It's been like, you know, one airline has done this, one hotel has done this. Of course, no one wants to share information, right? One airline's not going to tell the competitor, this is how we do it. And so they've, they've kind of siloed themselves off from the rest of the world and that information hasn't been shared. Obviously, we came along with that, uh, you know, everyone in our, in our team has, has run an airline loyalty program. So we kind of come from that experience of seeing it work in on three different continents and uh, built a system around it to just put some structure there. So what it does actually brings transparency to the, the customers as well. Because one of the biggest things has been, and this is still today, you, you email some airlines, say, hey, can I, I'm, you know, I, I want to move some business to you, can I get a status match? Wait three weeks, four weeks, five weeks, um, <laughs> and maybe you get an email back if you're lucky, right? And you got to remember, these are people that are spending serious cash, right? And a time where you think, Demand has bounced back largely and, you know, they're ready to rake in the cash again. You'd think, you'd think they'd be first in line putting their hands up saying, come over here, we'll take all your money. Um, but they're not. And so we've sort of put this process around it to really speed it up. Uh, to Phil's point earlier, you know, the sweet spot, you know, if you don't get people upgraded within about three, four days at tops, what happens is the, the interest level drops off from these people. Yeah. And so if you're, if you're waiting, say, two weeks, three weeks to upgrade people, the these are frequent flyers or frequent travelers, right? They're out there every week flying and they've forgotten about your brand after that time. So the, between when they show their interest and when you actually upgrade them, that has to be as fast as possible. Basically, the faster it is, the more money you're going to make out of them, the faster you're going to make it out of them. And are we facing a kind of cliff edge of, of, of status? I mean, I know when, when COVID first came in, people were extending status all over the place. Um, how's that going now? And do you think there's a there's a there's an a timing in the market when that's going to going to kick back in again? I think there's a bunch of people out there that have not been able to retain their status on merit. And I think you know, coming to the end of this year, there's going to be a lot of people losing status uh, as airlines and hotels look to not want to give it out for free again. So we a bunch of people that sort of lose it there. At that point, people will realize, oh, you know. I'm not going to keep it for free for a third year running. I need to do something. So we have a bunch of people that are at, proactively out there trying to do something to keep some kind of status in a program. So that might be a status match for another airline. It might be some kind of challenge or opportunity that their existing airline runs to try and keep them on that treadmill again. Um, but basically, I, th I think Lord's Programs be looking to take, get people to take some action and not just give it out for free. You know, it yeah. might be they have to take a flight, 
they have to get the credit card. They have, they have to do some. They have to do some kind of action because sadly, if you had status in 2019 and you you haven't taken actions to keep it on merit today, you're not really a frequent flyer anymore, are you? No. Well, I'm certainly not a frequent flyer anymore. I've flown once in the last two years, and uh, that's that's. Uh... <laughs> but but the thing is, right? That is true for a lot of people, and yet once once the you break the dam, then there's a lot of those people will be flying again. Yeah, uh, that's true. And and that is why there's the opportunity is now that, that, that this next twelve months it's not going it's not going to be gone in 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 weeks, but in the next twelve months there's an awful lot of people that will start flying again or will start flying again for business. There's there's people who might have done the odd trip. There's certainly uh, down in this part of the world now that then it, it's back to normal. It's back to normal asking people to come in and see you for a meeting instead of doing everything on Zoom. There's there's still zoom ghost calls um meetings going on but it's it's an awful lot more i i did my first flight in two years in april and i've now done uh 15 yeah, so yeah. that's not that's not nearly as much as i was doing before but my god it's not like i'm sat around waiting for the, like a, an annual anniversary no exactly so i'm not sure we actually answered the question last time so what sort of organizations do you think is this just for airlines or are there other organizations that may be may be interested in this okay well the the obvious is that anyone with tiers, so it would be airline, hotel, uh, car, anyone, especially travel-based uh, program that has tiers, then then I'd be seriously looking at this. But to be honest, there's much more that um, that I should be looking at this. And I'll give you two examples: banks. So if I was running a, a credit card portfolio right now, I would be either talking to my airline because what we found is uh, a huge proportion well i say a huge proportion like a third of um on some of the some of our promotions we've run a third of people then go on and take out a credit card within within a year so uh if i was a bank i'd be looking at how can i leverage status match as a concept to acquire customers because because it's the easiest way and either do it through through your co-brand partner or even do it direct there's potential for, for credit card businesses to, or credit card uh, programs to, to leverage status max concept and, and go and acquire stacks of customers. And the other one is, 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 uh, out, is, is well, I'm not trying to explain it, but I'll give you the example, is uh, Destination Canada, tourist body came to us. So not the obvious, the tourist body came to us and said, how can we um, leverage you guys to get people to fly into Canada? So you Brilliant. say you could you could so you could give a few benefit benefits to gold members and just say it's open to gold members. We'll give these benefits and 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 use status match to track whether that's the case. And it's actually a marketing tool to attract high value customers. Just to yeah, Absolutely. yeah, and it's a complete win win win. So we, yeah, we yeah, partnered yeah. them with Air Canada. Air Canada got a stack of customers for free. Destination Canada were able to actively like prove that they were putting people into 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 Canada from the US, one of their key markets. Uh, and and we we ran the whole process really uh, efficiently, so perfect, yeah, yeah. I must admit that when they first came, we're like, whoa, what are we going to do with this, like a tourist <laughs> body? <laughs> but it's one of the most successful campaigns from a, Fantastic. Uh, a volume at a really difficult time. No, really interesting. And so, are there any other innovations that you see given the given the shakeup of the of the airline markets um, and travel? Are there any other innovations you see would are going to break cover the next kind of year? I think we're going to see more aggressive customer acquisition and things around status just because it's such a hot topic and there's going to be so there's so many inactive elites in loyalty programs today. So on top of that, we've seen the last couple of years 
loyalty program financials really come out. To Phil's point, status matching for some airlines we see is a quasi way to acquire new co-brand customers for the bank. And it's, it's actually cheaper to run a status match than it is to go through traditional acquisition channels to try and try acquire a new financial services customer. What I think we'll see is airlines get more creative and have an expanded mind about how and why they acquire new customers. So it may not be through a status match directly, it might be through a challenge or some sort of other thing that customers or new customers or non-elite members have to do. But once you get them into status, what happens is that's that's the chance to start educating them on all the other products that they have, right? So it's it's the it's brand introduction to the airline, right? And if you've got gold status with one airline or hotel or some loyalty program, the way to unhook you is to give you status because you you see that you're already trained on the value of status, and you, you get it already, and you're not about to go leave the, the cushy life of all the perks that you get with that status to go try a new brand where you get nothing. Right, yeah. you want to start at that level that you're used to, and so this is by far the most powerful way to unhook these types of people. And when I say these types of people in an airline environment, this represents five percent, give or take, of the member database, but they can represent about 30 percent of revenue total airline revenue. And it's the right type of revenue, it's the high yield stuff, right? It's business class, first class premium economy they're in the full flex economy fares they're buying all the ancillaries they're they're doing all the activity that airlines want right it's it's you you want what you could almost run an airline just just on these people right this this is the group you want and i think we're going to find airlines be more open and how they approach to grow the this database now now that this this segment of the database has been going to drop off this year they're going to look for ways to replace that and they're going to be replacing with people that may never had status before. They may be replacing with people that are dropping off status from other airlines. They, they'll be replacing with different things. And I think having that conversation internally within a program about how can we get more of these people because these are our single most valuable customers, whatever that looks like, how do we get more of them uh, will probably be a pretty hot topic, I think, in the coming months. Well, perfect. Well, on that very positive note, it's nice to have a positive note in travel for after after the last two years. So on that positive note, I'd just like to thank my panellists today. So thank you very much, Phil Gunter. You're welcome, Ian. And thank you very much, Mark Ross-Smith. Thanks, Ian. It's been fabulous. Thank you. And if you like this podcast, please like, share or comment on LinkedIn using the hashtag Podcast. And we look forward to your company again soon. Thank you and goodbye. <laughs>